I must have went through, I kid you not, you know, maybe five to ten softwares before I came off came over to the PHP, the Pass Files Planning Package. And it, I was in search for a better tool because I would routinely have 30, 40% variance or error in, a, in an energy model. And um, when I found the PHP, I was like, oh my gosh, here's the answer. G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast dedicated to inspiring people to make a better place to live. Now, back in uh, episode 149, I chatted with the guys from Collective Carpentry, who basically out of a out of a small warehouse, they make really high performance houses using uh, off-site prefabrication. And leading up to that interview, and and certainly since that interview, I've been wondering how we could get something like that up and running here in New Zealand, uh, and ideally uh, in in and around. Auckland and I know others have thought the same and in fact some are doing just that. This week I'm pleased to bring you an interview uh, with a similar flavour this time with Bill McDonald who started the company Phoenix House based in Grand Junction Colorado. I started out by asking Bill how he got involved in building passive house and high performance houses using prefabrication uh, and then ultimately launching Phoenix House. It actually starts with um, way back when we founded the company. I founded the company in 2010, mm-hmm. and it's always been a focus on healthy, healthy living and healthy housing. I mean, our, our mission statement is a lifetime of healthiness achieved through housing. And we actually got to start retrofitting old houses on, on energy usage, so airtight airtight testing and and improvement of airtight requirements, um, replacement of windows and insulation. And that was the bridge to finding Passive House. And to describe what we're doing now, it's it's through the path of Passive House and the certification for for buildings. Um, Really the innovation or the creative adaptive use of offsite construction was to achieve the Passive House style building in the domestic United States with a solution that packages more together as a component-based approach to building mm-hmm. um, to really take out a lot of those stops and inefficiencies that uh, I could, I should say that the building industry is probably plagued with, with, with on-site construction, if you were to draw a comparison. And um, so that, that start really, you know, that's, that's the approach to finding what we do as far as how we're doing it. Um, you know, I come from a family of, of entrepreneurs. Um, you know, this is the fourth business our family has started over the years. I'm the most recent one to start a company. And I'm actually joined uh, with my sister. So it's a family company and we run this company together. Um, and that focus and that upbringing of, of running companies and being part of a business really brought that business savviness to this Passive House offsite idea. And, you know, combining that with seeking investment really is, is the upstart. It's really what it took to get started. Because um, your training is yeah. uh, Bachelor of Building Science, uh, but you also do commercial real estate and finance. Is that, is that right? That's right. And yeah, so, no, there's, no, yep. there's no building in there. So how did you get into retrofitting um, buildings in the first place? Well, I started working for a builder in high school back when. Um, uh-huh. I just really got 
um, an understanding of construction working in the summers for a local builder in our hometown in Michigan. And uh, the, uh, you know, that came along with, you know, really the, the tribal knowledge that you learn when you work for a builder. And then the formal training was the building science and then the commercial real estate. Yes. Those came that, after. The yeah. building science that you did at, uh, is it Marquette? You know, I, I did building science post, post college, um, mm-hmm. with, uh, training with, with both passive house and also the retrofitting business. I took courses, uh, we would BPI and ResNet. They had a whole swath of courses you can take. And the actual business of retrofitting houses really was a self-taught flash, you know, BPI, ResNet, you know, curriculum, if you will. Yeah. Um, right. So you sort of upskilled with, with short mm-hmm. course type of training rather than a... Yes. A, yes. A, um, but do you have a Bachelor of Science? Yes. In, uh, in commercial real estate finance. That's correct. Yeah. Right. Right. So, in those courses, what what did you learn? What was it that inspired you to say, "I want to I want to do passive houses"? Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, I came upon it uh, searching for uh, that's what it is. It was a a better energy modeling program. Right. I found that in my business, right? I. Uh, I must have went through, I kid you not, you know, maybe five to 10 softwares before I came off, came over to the PHP, the Pass House Planning Package. Mm-hmm. And it, I was in search for a better tool because I would routinely have 30, 40% variance or error in, a, in an energy model. And um, when I found the PHP, I was like, oh my gosh, here's the answer. Uh, what a great, accurate, precise tool to model how energy is used in a building, taking everything into account that I thought was important at that time you know, materials, um, the properties of those materials, how it gets programmed into a spreadsheet and how you can relate that to architectural form mm. and, and post-occupancy use, you know, so it had every, every bit of that in one, in one nice downloadable tool. <laughs> and why, why were you searching for accurate energy modeling? Um, because of the models that I was using at the time had so much error. They had so many variables that I would be presenting a report to a customer and I would not have confidence that my, uh, you know, blower door test out or energy report was accurate within a level that I felt confident or okay about. I wanted a cleaner, more accurate, more precise tool to speak with, you know, a customer or a guarantee on what we're using for energy use. Yeah. Um, in a, in a building. Yeah. So was there demand for reporting like that for energy modeling to be done? That was that the your your business at the time? Yeah, that's where it really got started. Is that the most accurate tool allowed me to be the most agile and competitive in comparing and showing someone how can I find ways to reduce your energy usage? Mm-hmm. And that was it it did morph into Indian new construction at you know, that's how we got our start. Is it it went from existing to an interest and then eventual investment into new construction-based buildings. Yeah. And those clients that you were doing those reports for at the moment, what what were they looking for? What was the main driver for wanting to get an energy model done? You know, um, back then it was show me how I could find ways to save energy in my house and report it accurately so I can take action item steps that we also worked on uh, as far as, you know, what am I actually investing into these retrofits to my home? What are the hard costs to make this house perform better? 
So an, an interest and a connection to those physical upgrades um, after analyzing a house or an existing case. So it's mainly yeah. a, yeah. a cost-benefit yeah. on energy consumption. Sure, yep. And throw in my interest to take it a step further and to go farther with this, seeing that uh, only so much could be done with an existing home, you know, taking it a step further and planning a new home. Yeah. That's really what interested me, yeah. And were people interested in health and comfort or was it mostly a financial? You know, I would say, you know, on the average, definitely more um, uh, health and comfort for sure. And the savings is always a great benefit, you know, a great thing that came along with the improvements. What's the, so this is around uh, Colorado, around where you are now? You know, this is in Michigan, um, uh, Michigan. in the Midwest of uh, yep. U.S., so um, more in those uh, Midwest states, so Ohio, Michigan, Illinois, Wisconsin is really and, the area that I focused in. Yeah. And was energy, is energy quite expensive there? Is it, is it quite a big um, mm, part of what people are yeah. This was at a time where we were post-2008, 2009 financial crisis. Mm. And I'd seen that it was not necessarily um, so expensive, but enough to the point where folks wanted to invest into their homes and not build new. So right. the pendulum swung to investing into your, you know, take your car, for example. If I put yeah. some new spark plugs and tires, I can get this thing running right, then I can be more efficient with my investment. Yeah. So and that delaying, was the time for that. Yeah. Delaying the, mm-hmm. the big upgrade and, and just saying, well, let's make make do with what we've got. That's correct. Make make it really nice, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's correct. So leaping forward, the you you're now certified passive house consultant. Uh mm-hmm. now is that just to clarify, is that is that fierce or or passive house institute? You know, it's a good question. I took it back when it was together. Right. Um, and before the before the schism, <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's both, and I've I've worked with both, right. um, both PS and PHI. But you know, um, it was back at a time when it was combined. Yeah, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you've got that training. Uh, you, you're you're not too concerned about the politics. I, I'm assuming just you're just getting on building good houses. Um, how how then did you get into off-site manufacturing and, and prefabrication that you're doing now? You know, um, uh, I like to consider myself as someone who likes to search and find things. Um, so really had a, a, a great search for how, how can this be done? Again, combining how do we, how do we accomplish passive house with some sort of component-based system Mm-hmm. And I originally got inspired with the Austria house in uh, Whistler, British Columbia. Yeah. And that was done by, if you're familiar, it's Matteo Derfeld with Derfeld Construct- Constructors, I believe it is, or a BC Passive House. Right. And um, through that network, I was able to network with those professionals, have a chance to meet Matteo, see his work. And that original inspiration is really what you know, turned me on to an approach that is different than his, but very similar in the sense of using, uh, you know, equipment offsite to produce this thing, this panel that goes towards the passive house standard. Right. Um, and was that, that a case really of where I can trace it? Yeah. Yeah. Was that yeah. a case of then creating your own system, or did you right. just copy what you'd seen there or, or similar? 
No, it's a good question. Um, I actually worked on creating our own system using, you know, inspiration from that because I believe I can't remember exactly what the system was at the time. I think it was a TGI based wall and we've always been dimensional based. So we, we certainly did our own system and I had a, um, some great help from a local, uh, Portland, Portland, Oregon based, um, just call him a, a timber designer, if you will. Um, that had experience from Europe building a passive house, uh, prefab yeah. and or offsite. And a lot of that uh, understanding as far as how, what defines the panel and how to, how to cut it up in a way to be able to ship this came from that synergy, uh, working with, um, this person's name is Stefan, Stefan Schneider. You probably might even know him through a few connections. If you do some searching on Stefan, he runs a, um, uh, a, a company in Portland, Oregon, and they process uh, big, big glue lamb CLT material for okay. now what looks to be like high rise or wood, wood multi-story buildings in that yep. area in the Pacific Northwest. That's really right. interesting if you check them out. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, and then you mentioned before Randig, at what stage did you ramp up to? Yeah getting sort of more more like a factory, I guess? Right. Great question. Um, we began and built a prototype in Michigan. Uh, our first Passive House prefab prototype was built in Michigan in, a, in just a, a rented commercial building um, without any formal equipment with, um, you know, lumber in a package that we had procured with someone that had you know, operated the Hundegger CNC saw, if you're familiar with Hundegger. Yep. Um, and so there was a connection through the Hundegger um, uh, U.S. Um, connection that suggested to to seek out Rendek because of their ability to, um, you know, to do uh, offsite based manufacturing equipment, more like framing tables, if you will, versus mm-hmm. just a saw. Um, so the connection actually came through a Hundegger <laughs> connection. Kind of funny. Yeah. Actually. When you think about it. <laughs> so one of the one of the issues that we have here is is one of scale, and there were lot there are lots of people who would like to do offsite manufacturing. It makes a lot of sense prefabrication. A lot of people have tried it, and uh, I guess the first couple of times it doesn't quite work out, or it's hard, and mm-hmm. um, and then mm-hmm. they end up reverting back to traditional stick framing yeah, right. on site construction. How do you go from from um, traditional construction to offsite? How do you how do you ramp that up um, economically? As yeah. a it's tricky. Yeah, <laughs> it's a tricky one, um, especially when you are basically kind of like a new new kid on the block. You know, new firm that's just wanting to take this to a step without coming from a list. You know, there's no necessarily customer list that you're working off of. Um, it really is defined in just a, a rock solid plan and, and uh, focused, you know, vision or mission as far as where do you want to take this? That's really how I would answer the question. Because mm-hmm. if you could apply offsite construction, you, there's a huge wide range of where you could target it. And what I found is that when focused on the passive house building standard, you come into this narrow focus area of folks that are willing to invest into this thing that is, you know, much more better performing and uh, let's just say a little bit more of a premium price. Mm-hmm. 
And so if you match these few things together in a low volume environment of sales, you can find ways to bootstrap that and to make that work. Um, but it definitely came though with a significant investment um, mm. by us as a company to, you know, carry that over several years to the point of where you can now have enough volume to begin to pay yourself back. So it's taken the, you know, the lion's share of uh, five, six, seven years to make that work. Um, it's a significant investment to get started. Yeah. And would you say you're, you've benefited from your past experience as a sort of an entrepreneurial mindset, but also your business yeah. training has, has applied more? It sounds like that's been more of that success than being a master yeah. builder. You know, uh, I would. I would say that because along the way you meet those master builders that can assist and help make that system better and, and find that transition from off-site to delivery and install on-site a lot easier and you can increase your scope of, of area that you're working in. I mean, we're working in, you know, we'll ship coast to coast if, if it works. Um, we do focus in the Rocky Mountains now, but at the time in Michigan when we got started, you know, we were shipping mostly to the Colorado Rocky Mountain area. So that's a 1,500-mile ship distance if I were to convert that. I'm not sure what that is in KM. Well, it's around um, 2,000 kilometers. It's, it's, it's a reasonable mm-hmm. side. But I guess yeah. if, if you're shipping, if you're transporting um, – more than say 50 to 100 miles it doesn't really matter because <laughs> by that stage you've got to pack it down enough so that it is transportable so then as long mm-hmm. as it's on a track right. or yeah exactly really yep. that's correct and so that's really where i see that there's there's a lot of opportunities in this trend towards the off-site method because um you know it's it, like you say it's it's so shippable and if you have a good planned process to be able to produce something off-site, it should be repeatable. Um, is this, does that make sense? Um, yeah, yeah, totally. There should be so, more of us is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a big advocate for that. Um, <laughs> what sort of volumes are you doing now? How, can you can you give us some numbers in terms yeah. of um, people oh, sure. you've got there and, and mm-hmm. houses you, mm-hmm. you're doing? Yep. We have a team of, of 11 uh, full-time here at our facility um, that are physically working on producing and procuring an offsite based package. Um, we're processing right around one single family house volume a month, um, which can be somewhere around, if you think of square footage, um, 4,500 square feet, give or take plus or minus, which gets us, you know, a minimum volume of like 150 square feet per day. Um, you know, upwardly trending towards more as we, you know, get a bigger outreach of people that start to use our system. And you've so got where we're at right now. Yeah. Sorry, no, you're Thanks. you're good. Go ahead. You've got a range of pre-designed houses, so your 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 small, medium, large uh, that that go up to what eighteen hundred square feet. Is it the the largest right. down down to eight eight hundred? Yeah. It's the smallest. Mm-hmm. How often do you build those as they are? You know, I'd say half of our customers take the, take one of those template plans where we've got a footprint identified and the program. And that, that half, that 50% is making adjustments and customizing that plan. So about, 50, you know, half and half, about 50, take right. it and work with a small house plan. And the rest are going to be then just a custom or one-off build, the other right. half. 
Right. And do you have yeah. your own designers on board to, to work with that or do you outsource to other you architects? You know, um, it's, it's not something that's in-house, but we do private label if you're familiar with this. Um, yeah. yeah. And they are outside our organization, but, you know, internal in my mind as far as how we deal with them almost daily now these days. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when you yeah. do bespoke buildings, do, do you try mm-hmm. to keep the design to – certain constraints like certain um, material widths or do they just go crazy and, and do whatever they like and you have to adjust to, to make it work? You know, that's a good point. Um, we always start with just the requirements on design as far as what what constraints do we need to work in in reality and in physical space. Mm-hmm. So we always start there um, for every project that we work on. So, for example, you know, we can't ship something that's past a certain height or width on the semi-truck. So we are right. limited to those constraints. So anything that fits within that volume of space we're making and we are, you know, communicating this early on at the start of a project, if it is, like you say, a new design. And then I've seen where there's portions of the building that they'll just uh, build that custom portion if they want on site and then they can adapt to our panel that we bring from, you know, with us, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's a small fraction of that building envelope is still happening on site sometimes. If it's custom like this, yeah. What's your What's your biggest challenge at the moment? You know, I think it's it's dealing with the um, uh, the you know uh, habits in the construction industry that are focused on the normal way of doing things, which is an on-site based mentality. Mm-hmm. And when you switch to an off-site based, you know package or you know procure something that's based off site you have to switch to and pre-plan pretty much everything and respect this pre-planning and i would say that we deal with having to you know really communicate that system and so i would connect those two things i would say communicating an off-site system to an on-site based industry and you know i can tell you with confidence every team that we work with Working with us is their first time dealing with an offsite-based, uh, you know, penalized technology. Um, so is that I will all yeah, your sub trades, yeah. but 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 also local local authorities, regulators. Yes. Yeah. Companies? So yeah, we we are routinely the first company to work with a code authority, a building department, and showing them how the system works and how it gets pre-inspected, how it's a closed panel solution that you know, requires the review and approval. Um, yes, that, that is routinely happening in many areas that we work in, if not all. Uh, but I should say, though, that some builders have had experience with SIP, SIP building, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a yep. home SIP package. Yep. So I, I can't take that out of the out of the kit, but um, nothing so much of experience with assemblies or closed panel construction, you know, in that, in that regard. Yeah, so generally you're trailblazing and they're having to do quite a lot of education, mm-hmm before you can mm-hmm. that. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, and, move and it is, uh, you can't apply the title of the wild west here in the wild yeah. west. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. there's areas where there's no building code authority. There's no requirements on, on the design. Um, that's rare, but it's still a thing. And, wow. but what's more common is the fact that, like you say, it's, um, offsites, one thing, passive houses, another. Yeah, and you know, and, and you mentioned yeah. that all your houses are potentially certifiable, so you're not necessarily certifying them, but um, you, you build them to 
to a level that they could be. How much variation is there in, say, the thickness of the walls, or do you just keep that as standard? Right. Of where you should oh, be? good question. Yeah, so we, our system that we came up with, we call it the alpha system, and mm-hmm. it's designed for the term that PHI describes as the cool temperate, which basically just defines the Denver, Colorado climate zone. Yeah. And when we when we go into more of an alpine climate and we increase elevation, we always course correct for the required energy use or um, our value requirements as we go into a colder climate. Um, and that's applicable everywhere we go. So we always start with our base standard and we can adjust as we go forward. Um, but the lion's share of our work, you know, nine out of 10 builds utilizes that alpha alpha system standard detail. And do you have to change your window specification as well, or does that stay the same? Um, you can adjust and order different glazing units, and we've got the frame types that work towards you know a colder climate. Mm-hmm. So you can always uh, dial back the glazing unit. You can go from triple to two pane or what have you, or adjust how that triple pane is ordered. Um, but we routinely keep a nice thick, you know, European style tilt and turn PVC or wood clad window. Yeah, that has an over insulation detail on all the openings. That's a standard detail that we have. Awesome. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's very, very cool stuff, Bill. When you're doing, you are trailblazing. It is the wild west, uh, in in more places uh, than just where you are. I think. What What do you What do you see for the next twelve months, and then beyond there? What's where Where do you hmm. want to be in, in, in well, say three years' time? Yeah. So in the next 12 months, we will have completed a larger scale project. Um, we're working on a project that will be going to Portland, Oregon, and it's 11 units. And it's focused on um, super low energy use. Um, they, will not, they will not certify Passive House, but it's very close. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I see us accomplishing with great success a, a larger quantity project. And then from there, that project then I think will inform past the 12 months more uh, scale-based developments, you know, where we're really upping the count and adding a zero as far as the number of units being delivered or the type of building that we're, we're increasing at scale and how you know, how big of an impact you can have. Awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a very exciting um, trend, getting into that multi-unit, uh, mm-hmm. um, different, different typologies. Is anyone looking at sort of social housing or community housing? Um, yeah. Um, there's two things that are happening um we work are working with habitat for humanity if, if you're familiar with yeah, this yeah, in the states. excellent um, yeah yeah um and so looking at a few projects with them awesome. and seeing if we can't do some density and then i should tell you that we're also working on um a co-living building that we'll yeah. develop ourselves and have available for people to tour and to visit to access and see what a passive house is like Right. As well as have a chance to stay. Um, we'll work on this as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, thank you very much for your time, Bill. Re- really appreciate it. And, and for all the great work you're doing out there. Now, you, you're all over social media. So uh, people should be able to find you. And I definitely encourage people to go and check out um, some of your pictures, Instagram or, and, and on your website. But where's the, where's the best place for people to reach you if they want to? Um, check out yeah. too. you know if you were just to search um, Phoenix House um, into Google you, it'll pop up either the website or like you say Facebook's a big one for us you search Phoenix House on Facebook 
And that's oh, house, the H, the, the German house, right? H-A-U-S. H-A-U-S, good catch. Yes, yeah. um, <laughs> they're set up. <laughs> Should be able to pop right up some images and be able to chance to connect with us there. And that was Bill McDonald there, the founder, co-founder of Phoenix House based in Grand Junction, Colorado. Fantastic story, and I really like um, his business mindset towards uh, founding and putting a plan into action and growing Phoenix House to become a, a pretty substantial business. Um, but focusing in on that niche of high performance and, and passive houses using prefabrication. I'm still fascinated by this and would love to figure out how we can get something like this off the ground, uh, particularly here in Auckland. I'll put some links to all of the um, things that we talked about in this episode in the show notes. You can head on over to homestylegreen.com forward slash 197. And do uh, search out Phoenix House, follow them online. They've got a great Instagram feed with some stunning images of the building uh, and the team. And it uh, looks like they have a great time doing, doing what they do and doing it well. Thank you very much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Love to get your feedback. You can always email me, matthew at homestylegreen.com. That's it for me for this week. Now go make a better place to live. <laughs>